Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your cousin from Boston. Me and Billy here drinking this new Sam Adams Wicked Hazy IPA. Wicked what? Wicked Hazy. Wicked what? Wicked Hazy. Billy can't hear so good because of this firework accent. This is good. Boston Beer Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Drink responsibly. You are listening to The Kelly Green Show. E-A-T-L-E-S-E-O's! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run fast. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show on the Eagles Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, Football Kelly. OTAs officially wrapped last week. The team modified practices, so there were no team or seven-on-seven drills during this year's off-season program. With the new coaching staff coming in, it was important to get everyone on the same page ahead of training camp, and many players spoke during the weeks that they were back in the building. I'm excited to talk to my next guest on the show today. He knows an impressive amount about the Eagles, after years of dedication covering the team. NBC Sports Philadelphia's Ruben Frank. Rube, how are you? Doing good. How are you, Kelly? I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm very excited about this 2021 season. Anything could possibly be better than 2020. Uh, so uh, we can only go up from where we were, in my opinion. Uh, what are you looking forward to most about covering the upcoming season? Well, I think I'm looking forward to actually seeing players and coaches in person. Uh, it was, you know, it was a weird year for everybody. And I, I feel lucky I was able to go to the games, uh, the home games, didn't go to the road games for the first time since 1987, Wow! Uh, but uh, just not being in a locker room. Now we won't be in a locker room this year either, but at least as far as I understand it, we'll be able to uh, talk to players uh, outside after practice on the field. Uh, They're still working out the details, but uh, you know, it's impossible to get to know anybody uh, through zoom calls and um, you you know, you you don't really, you know, you're on there with 30 other media, you don't get to talk to anybody by yourself and the coaches too, especially with a new staff coming in um you know you don't get to build any relationships and you don't really find out the really truly interesting things about players and coaches unless you're having a one-on-one type conversation with them so i think this the coverage suffered you know we all did our best but as far as i like i get the best stories when i'm just kind of hanging out at a guy's locker you might hang out at somebody's locker for 20 times and then the 21st time he tells you, you know, something fascinating about himself and that becomes a good story. So I'll, I'll I think I'll, I'll always kind of have an extra appreciation for that one on one contact. And that probably goes that goes for everything, not just my job, but just life in general after the past year and a half. So looking forward to getting back as close as possible to normal uh, covering the team that way. 
Totally understand that. I, I definitely agree with you that uh, we didn't get full access to the team. Uh, the Zoom calls were great to uh, get a feel for the rookies coming in, but there were some interesting uh, opportunities to uh, get a sense of who they are through those small interactions, but it truly wasn't like the locker room interactions that we've seen over the course of time. Uh, so unlike 2020, let's get back to uh, the normal interactions and, and get back to the normal uh, media coverage of this team that we all so so love in uh philadelphia uh, definitely looking forward to what you do uh covering the team this year i know that you had some limited access to practices during the rookie mini camp and the otas but did any of the players catch your eye so far this offseason no it would be disingenuous for me to say anyone did just because what we saw was so limited uh you know the, the stretch stretching and yeah. and, and individual warmups and it, it was striking just to see uh Devonte Smith in person and just to think that this kid is an eagle and you know that for the first time in well, since I guess Macklin and Deshaun were were young players, they actually have an elite young wide receiver, something that I think every Eagles fan has coveted for you know most of the last 30 years. So it, it was it was pretty wild seeing him there and just watching him. And you know, even at practice, he's got that swagger, even as a young kid coming in, uh, a rookie. He's got that something to him. You can just see it uh, just when he's interacting with his coaches and teammates, uh, just running, running patterns on air and, and catching the ball, just the way he, he handles himself and moves around. Uh, and, you know, you, you make a one-handed catch, even without anybody covering you, it's still pretty cool. So uh, you don't want to get too carried away, but it, it was fun watching him. I think pretty much everybody just spent the, the, the few minutes we had during the open portion of practice watching Devante just because there's this sense of disbelief that the Eagles actually have this kid who has so much potential and really could be that, you know, that elite receiver that, that Eagles fans have been missing for most of the last few decades. Yeah, I know Eagles fans are loving hearing uh, that from you uh, for sure. We've been longing for that uh, 1,000-yard receiving type threat, and he could fit that bill. So that is very um, Be better. intriguing. Yeah, definitely hoping, hoping, fingers crossed for sure. There was a, a, an article that came out recently about Fletcher Cox and his future in, in Philadelphia, but strictly based off your experience and your knowledge co- covering this team for so many years, do you believe that Fletcher Cox will be an Eagle for life? Well, I, I wouldn't say I believe anybody would be an Eagle for life just because it's so hard to do it. <laughs> it's so hard to do it. I, th- I think, I mean, who was the last player who made a Pro Bowl and spent his entire career with the Eagles? I, I believe it was Jerome Brown. And obviously that was, you know, tragic circumstances. I think the last player to retire as an Eagle, you know, who was who a Pro Bowl player was Mike Quick. Mm-hmm. You know, that was 30 years ago. So, or more than that. So I guess 1990 was his last year. So yeah, 31 years ago. So, you know, Brent Selleck played his whole career here. He was never a Pro Bowl player. So it, it can be done. Uh, a lot of it depends on the player and when they want to retire, but uh, it's just the reality of the way 
Howie Roseman does his job. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to move on from players. It's been that way since Joe Banner was here and he was always right. I mean, Joe Banner was never wrong about letting older players go and and everyone hated it when it happened. And then the players would go somewhere else and we'd never hear from them again. Uh, It's just a sad byproduct of, of a salary cap age. Mm -hmm. You get attached to these guys and then, at some point, you know, they, the, the Eagles are going to try to make that judgment. All right, this guy is declining. He wants X number of dollars for his next contract. Uh, we have to make a smart decision here so we can keep replenishing the roster. So uh, it would probably be a mistake to say anybody's going to play his whole career here. I think Kelsey will just because he's at the point now where he's not going to play that much longer. So right. I can't see him signing another contract somewhere else. But Fletcher, you know, Fletcher's a few years younger than Kelsey. And I think he's still really good, but I don't think he's quite the player he was a few years ago. And depending on, you know, depending on what they see in him and how this year goes, yeah, nothing would surprise me. I mean, if you told me after the Super Bowl, Zach Ertz would be on the trading block in a couple of years, I, I wouldn't have believed it. But that's that's the way it goes, whoever it is. I mean, I've seen Reggie White go to, to the Packers and – Right. Um, Malcolm. And I mean, every it happens to everybody. So, uh, you know, we'll see. It's the nature of the league at this point, for sure. And um, I'm I'm at least fingers crossed that uh, BG definitely is uh, among the guys that ends up on that list of uh, forever Eagles. But I'm definitely because it would be weird seeing him. I mean, it's weird with a lot of these guys, but seeing Brandon Graham in another uniform, I'm not sure I could deal with that. No, my heart would not be able to take that. Uh, You have a gift of finding so much like interesting information as a stat like what's a stat or a fact you'd like the 2021 eagles to rectify or update (laughs) well i mean they're gonna set like so many records because of the 17 game season so true yes i didn't even think of that it's gonna be kind of weird like you know, people are going to break. I mean, Jalen Hurts, if he if he plays 17 games, he's going to break the club record for passing yards just because with that defense, they'll probably be throwing so much. And right. They're going to they're going to probably be down. You know, I don't think it'll be that bad, but uh, I that's a great question. I think um, I mean, the one stat that's really interesting, I think since 1988, the Eagles have had more 10 win seasons than than any team. So I think that's. It's probably a little out of reach, but I don't think it's an unrealistic goal to to hope that this team can go ten and seven and add to that that stretch of league leading ten win seasons since uh, since Buddy's you know first good year was eighty eight won a division, uh, Fog Bowl and all that. Uh, so I think that's one that you could you know I, like I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's that outlandish to think with their schedule and the way the division is the upgrades that they made. Uh, to think 10 and seven, I, I don't think I'll pick them to win 10 games, but it wouldn't wouldn't shock me if it happened. OK, fair enough. I like that. Uh, I mean, as you were kind of talking about, like your ability to find interesting stats, one from your recent article on NBC Sports Philadelphia is that Nelson Aguilar is the only player in history with three first down catches in the final five minutes of a Super Bowl win. How do you even manage to research that level of detail? <laughs> That's a great question. Like, whoa, I, that took work. 
I'm and I'm continually blown away by Nelly's performance in the Super Bowl because they don't win that game without him. And, no doubt. You know, we all remember the Ertz, the two Ertz catches, the one on fourth down, and of course the touchdown to give the Eagles the lead for good. But Nelly, yeah, Nelly caught three straight first downs, three three plays in a row. He had a he had a catch for a first down, and he also had I think he had an end around on that same drive. It might have been the drive before, but uh, whenever people say how bad Nelly was, I was like, you know, you don't if, if you could sign up the day he was drafted for helping this team win a Super Bowl and not doing much else at all for the time he was here, you'd probably take that. So for sure, um, for something like that, I use, I use this uh, website called Stathead, which is on the uh, uh, pro football reference uh, site. Got it. And it's, it's like a subscription service for, for stat geeks like me. And there's a thing on there called the play finder. So you can search for any play, running play, passing play by, by down and distance, by yards gained, by turnover, by any variable that you want. Um, so you can plug in there for a Super Bowl first down catches in the last five minutes. And then you can you can sub search by wins or losses. So, you know, once you figure out what you're looking for, and, you know, it's pretty easy to to, to do the search. But th- that stuff is so much fun, you know, because I'm, I'm constantly trying to come up with uh, a stat that's not too obscure and not too weird and meaningless, but hasn't hasn't been unearthed before. Like 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 Jalen Hurts, I just a couple of weeks ago, I had a stat how he he had the second most um he had the second most 30 yard completions the last five weeks of last season behind Tom Brady. Wow. Which kind of blew my mind. He also had the highest, the second highest yards per completion of any rook in history. Cause you're trying to like figure out why didn't he complete 52% of his passes? Well, you look for context. Well, he's thrown a ball down the field more than anybody in the league during that span. So uh, I love that kind of stuff. And I try not to make, you know, I try to give all the stats like a context, like, it's not just a number, but there's it, it kind of helps explain something that happened with the team. Absolutely. It's always interesting whenever you come up with something that I've never heard of before or never thought about before. Uh, I truly enjoy that about what work you do. So keep keep it coming. I always enjoy it. I'm sure all the Eagles fans uh, who are following on along with uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia are uh, enjoying that as well. Um, I have this segment. Yeah, so I have this segment on uh, my show called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. It's quick questions and fun answers just to break things up a little bit uh, along the way. So uh, are you ready? Well, I don't I don't think very quickly, so it might take me a few (laughs) minutes, but I'll try. Oh, yeah, we'll get through this. Don't worry. Uh, What's one thing Sirianni must do to help Jalen Hurts? Run the ball, Uh, run the ball more than Doug did, which (laughs) not a very high high bar there. But, you know, based on what the Colts did with with Nick and Frank, uh, I think they'll run the ball five or six, maybe seven times more per game than Doug did. So, uh, you know, Doug did not do Jalen Hurts any favors. I think I think the second half pass run ratio in the five games Jalen Hurts played. So the Packers to the end of the season was 82 to 18. Wow. Now you, you put any quarterback in that situation, other than maybe Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be impossible to function for a rookie uh, playing for the first time who didn't have preseason games. It, it made it really, a lot of him. Yeah. yeah. This is not a light answer. This is a lumbering slow answer, but <laughs> in, in short, yeah, he's got to run the ball and commit to it. And I think he will. 
I, I, I definitely foresee that. I'm hoping that's the case for sure. Over or under, going off of last season's stats, the Eagles defense will rank third most in the league for sacks. Do you think that well, they'll I, be over that or under that? I, I think they'll be – well, third is pretty high. I, I think uh, – I'm going to say they'll be in the top three, yes. Okay. No, because they, they added Kerrigan. Um, I think their defensive front is really good. And, uh, you know, BG hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Uh, no, you know, last year was his best year, I think. This is one of yeah, it was certainly one of them. I think 17 might have been his best year, but you know, he made a Pro Bowl last year. Um, and he's really he's just been playing at a high level and he takes such good care of himself. So now you add Kerrigan into that. Uh, I think Josh Sweat's a guy who could uh, you know, become like an eight to ten sack guy. Who knows with Barnett, he'll he'll get a six to eight if he if he stays healthy. But they they can bring waves of pass rushers, and then the inside guys, the interior guys, are going to get their sacks too. So I, I think top three is uh, yeah, I think that's reasonable to expect. Okay, over undergoing off last season re- results, Eagles offense will average twenty points per game this season. They better average 20 points per game. I mean, last season was bad. <laughs> yeah, last season was bad. Uh, there haven't been many that they haven't averaged 20. And every year that number goes up, the average goes up. I think, what was it last year, like 22.3 or something? Yeah. Um, so I would think with, with the, the wide receiver position upgraded, with more of a commitment to the running game, uh, I like some of the running backs they brought in, Gainwell and, and Carryon Johnson, uh, with Hurts getting a full offseason, the O-line staying healthy. I would think Nick's play calling will be a little more sane than Doug's was last year. <laughs> uh, I think I think they should be significantly above 20 points per game. I like to hear that. Uh, if Eagles beat reporters did a three-point contest, who do you think would win? Three-point shooting contest? Yeah. Oh, wow. Hat tip um, to Sirianni losing to uh, Greg Ward. Yeah, yeah, to Greg Ward. You know, um, I remember back up at Lehigh, uh, Donovan's rookie year, um, you probably you probably went up to Lehigh all the time. Yeah, I, I, I went a couple of times. Yep. So the first couple of years, uh, the the players actually would they were at, the fans were actually allowed around the parking lot. There's like a little fence there, but fans could could kind of gather around and watch the players as they left. And there was like a basketball court on the in the parking lot, and a few of the players, a few of the rookies, were playing hoops, playing like full court three on three and Donovan walks out, you know, Donovan played basketball at Syracuse Yeah, mm-hmm. and he comes out and he calls for the ball as he's walking. He's got his backpack on, he's got his regular clothes on and he walks till he's about 25 feet from the basket on the left and he's about to get in his car and he, and he shoots a three pointer and then turns around and gets in his car as the ball's going through the basket. <laughs> it wow. Was, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. But uh, it was one of the best plays. I, that's when I knew Donovan <laughs> was going to be special. But anyway, that has nothing to do with your question. But uh, I, love, I love the additional answer. <laughs> we used to play hoops at Westchester when training camp was there all the time. Uh, and um, I, I, I'm, you know, but we I haven't played with this current group of guys because uh, there's nowhere to play uh, since we don't go anywhere for training camp anymore. Right. Um, ESP is a really good, he's a good shooter. Elliot's a good shooter. Get out. Um, yeah. Elliot's a good shooter. Phil at a stage is not on the beat anymore. I don't know if you know that name, but Phil, Phil covered the Eagles for about 20, 25 years for the Courier Post and the Inquirer. And he was a, he was a, he was a high school point guard. 
um, at, uh, I believe Gloucester Catholic in South Jersey. And, uh, he's a, he's a great shooter. So he'd be wow. my, he's not a current beat writer, but he'd be my, he'd be my pick. I accept the answer. Um, especially because you gave me two, technically you gave me two answers to that one. Uh, but best guess at who is tight end two if, when Ertz is not on the Eagles anymore. Well, he's not on the team now, but I'm going to guess Richard Rogers. I just think it makes sense to, to re-sign him. I, I like the way he played last year. You know, he's not a, he's not much of a blocker, but Goddard's Goddard's the blocker, and you know, Rogers averaged 14.3, I think, 14.4 yards per catch. Um, Richard Rogers actually had more more catches of 10 yards or more last year than Zach Ertz in about a third as many targets. Uh, so he and can that run. incredible Hail Mary catch that um, didn't really matter at the end of one of the games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, he's, he's got great hands. He never drops a pass and he can run. So um, he's still out. He's a free agent. He's still on the street. I think once Ertz is gone, it would make sense to, to bring him in. Uh, he's only 28. He's been around forever. He once caught 58 passes in a season for the Packers. So he can he can catch the ball. And none of the other guys really – you know, has jumped out at me. I mean, Jack Stahl is the one interesting name. He's an undrafted rookie from Nebraska. Right. Um, who, he he could end up being in the mix, but I would I would guess Richard Rogers. But I'm sorry, my answers are just too long. I need to edit down my answers. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you so much for playing the Kelly Green Lightning Round. I want to talk to you a little bit more about this upcoming season. Uh, how we felt. A lot of deserved, in my opinion, heat over what transpired in 2020. But fans have softened their criticism in recent months. What, if anything, do you believe he must still do this offseason to silence any critics about his abilities to be the GM? It's <laughs> uh, a great question. I don't think I don't think he'll ever silence those critics. And. I mean, he won a Super Bowl or he, he built a Super Bowl roster and he didn't silence the critics. You know, within 18 months, people wanted him fired. Right. Uh, and, I, you know, I understandably, I mean, it, it was it has not been a good couple of years for Howie uh, when it comes to the draft and free agents and salary. And I mean, he's uh, he, he built a Super Bowl team and he was executive of the year and he struggled since then. But uh, I don't think there's a whole lot left to do, really, because, you know, we've been through free agency. We've been through the draft. Um, I, I think there's, you know, one thing I think he could do is try to make it work with Zach Ertz. I think that would, um, you know, that would solve a, a lot of issues. Uh, and I don't really understand exactly why there's so much ill will between the two parties. Um, Zach's still a good player. He's not who he used to be, but he's still a good player. He loves it here. He wants to be here. They want him here. So you'd think there'd be a way to sit down. And, and hash us all out. You know, what can we do? I know, you know, he was hurt by their, their contract offer last summer, but as it turned out, they were right. And he, he didn't deserve 10 million a year. Um, So um, I I think that if Howie can do that, that would, that would go a long way because they're a better team with Zach Ertz. And he's, he's not going to be an 85 catch guy again, but he can be a 60 catch guy. And he can help this team. What better for Jalen Hurts for a young quarterback than having like the tight end with the best hands in the league, you know, on third and five, he's going to get to the sticks. So Yeah, and, and it wouldn't be bad to have a good duo for uh, Dallas Goddard as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. So that would be my – I think that's one thing over these next six weeks. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's a real long shot. But um, that would show me a lot if he found a way to, to, to repair that relationship and, and keep Zach right here. 
Yeah, I'm I'm certainly holding out hope that maybe that can happen. I'm a big Ertz fan. I I have his jersey. I feel like every time I buy a jersey, all of a sudden it's a they're getting traded or something happens and no longer on the team. So, uh one question for you that is just a kind of guess, I guess. Do you think Jalen Hurts will uh be voted captain by his teammates this year? Do they have captains? Oh, they have like game week captains, right? Don't they change every week? I don't know. I don't know what Nick's planning to do. I mean, the Eagles have never had, as far back as I remember, they've never had like a captain. They just kind of have those game day captains who go out for the coin toss. And a lot of that depends on like when guys play their former teams or if they're right. in the hometown or something. So um, I do know that they all, that kid is so respected already among his teammates just because of his work ethic, his dedication, uh, and his, he's just so serious minded and, and goal oriented. I don't know if he'll ever be a star. I think he's going to be pretty good. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that he's doing everything possible to maximize his, his ability and his teammates really, really respect him for that. So, um, it wouldn't shock me if, if he's looked upon that way, I don't know if Nick's planning to, uh, to have actual captains, but, uh, if he is, would not shock me. Okay. What's your biggest takeaway from what you've heard and learned from the beginning of the Sirianni era in Philly? I think my biggest takeaway from Nick is that he's 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 just authentic. He's he's real. He doesn't lie, which has been really refreshing. Uh, maybe he'll change <laughs> like once once he <laughs> hates everybody in the media. But uh, no, in all honesty, I mean, he's just um, he's he's real and he's genuine and he's authentic. And players really have responded to that. And it's really tricky for a new coach to come in, especially when the the guy he replaced won a Super Bowl just a couple of years earlier. It's actually never happened um, that a, a Super Bowl winning coach has been replaced this quickly. Right. So I think it's it's the biggest challenge a coach has is winning over the veterans. Like once you win over the veterans, the younger guys are going to fall into line. But uh, he won over BG and Fletcher and Jason Kelsey. And he won him over in a big way by uh, by being himself. And, you know, he didn't come in and try to act a certain way. He didn't come in and, uh, you know, and and try to do anything. He was just himself. And uh, he, he's a, a very genuine guy. He's um, he's got certain things he believes in. And he, you know, he keeps, you know, you're going to hear the same things as long as he's here about, uh, you know, um, Competing, he just believes if you compete in chess, it makes you a better football player. Just doing anything to compete, you know, he believes in connecting with your teammates in in ways outside the football field. He's got these like fundamental. He's like Jay Wright in that way. He's got these core values, and he believes in them, and he lives by them, and he just wants his players to believe them. And I think he's won them over with that just by being himself. So I think he's got a chance. And ultimately, whether he succeeds or fails is going to depend on the talent that how he gives them. But I think he's had. A good four months and he's kind of really grown into the job he knows the game like if you if if you don't if you're not authentic and you don't know the game and you don't work as hard as you demand from your players you will lose them in in a minute and right you know he he works his ass off he's in the building all the time he knows football i mean he he knows football you know just it's in his bones grew up with it and uh and he's authentic and he's he's honest and he's um 
you know, he, he, he's, I think he's won these guys over through those things. And that's been my biggest takeaway so far. Yeah. I mean, it is a tricky time to be a new head coach. I mean, even like I was saying earlier, the OTAs are modified, so they're not doing those physical workouts and uh, competitions on the field like they would traditionally do, but they're doing the mental side of things. And you can see that he's really, um, like you said, got the veterans to buy in and those veterans were really voicing their opinions and he was listening to them. And that is something that you hope to see translate onto the field come, uh, you know, September and October and, and going long into the, into the season. Yeah, you're totally right. Like his, I was amazed when, and I thought that was a really pivotal moment when the veterans agreed to come in. I mean, they put out a statement saying, we're not going to do any workouts. We're not going to, you know, we, oh, and, and that's what the players association wanted. They wanted all these teams to boycott everything. And, and a first year coach, a rookie coach that none of these guys even know, I mean, he, he reached out to them and, and, hammered out this compromise uh, that got them in the building and got them on the field for, for not actual practices, but really close to them. And that says a lot that really speaks volumes to me about uh, his ability to communicate and be honest. And and when those guys over, I don't know how many rookie coaches could have talked, um, you know, their team into that after they put out this big statement saying, we're not going to do it. Well, we will, because it means something to him. So that's a really good sign. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, the training camp and everything fully getting underway. The open practices uh, in August, uh, definitely going out there to the link to at least get a sense of normalcy from what uh, we experienced last year. Uh, Finally, being able to go to games and all that. Every fan is excited about that. So uh, that's all we have time for today, listeners. Thank you so much to Rube for coming on the Kelly Green Show today. He co-hosts the Eagle Eye podcast with Dave Z- uh, Zangaro. Is that his last name, Zangaro? I don't even I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to mess it up. Dave. Dave Zangaro. So please go check that out. And don't forget to subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of my show and Fly Eagles Fly. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.